Hello, everyone. It's Eves checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode. They're both good, if I do say so myself. On with the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was April 27, 1865. Just weeks after the Civil War ended and President Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, a steamboat called the Sultana exploded while it traveled along the Mississippi River near Memphis, Tennessee. The incident was largely overshadowed by all the news related to the war, but around 1,800 people died because of the explosion, making it the deadliest maritime disaster in United States history. The 260-foot-long Sultana was a side-wheel steamboat built in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1863. The boat's main route was from St. Louis to New Orleans, and it began its career on February 3, 1863, when it launched from Cincinnati. The Sultana was supposed to be used in the cotton trade, but it was often contracted for cargo and troop transport during the Civil War. On April 21, 1865, the Sultana left New Orleans, bound for St. Louis. At this point, the ship was carrying over 100 passengers, plus livestock. Two days later, the Sultana docked in Vicksburg, Mississippi, to deal with issues one of its boilers was having. While there, the steamboat was contracted to carry Union prisoners of war from Confederate prisons, like those at Andersonville and Cahaba, into the north. Union Army Captain George Williams, who was in charge of the operation, worried the prisoners were going to be transferred to other boats. So he ordered that all the POWs at the parole camp and hospital in Vicksburg be put on the Sultana. Captain Mason decided to do a quick repair on the boiler, even though the mechanic said the boiler was not safe and needed more extensive repairs. But Mason had to keep the boat moving and fulfill the government contract. Even though the boat had a carrying capacity of only 376 passengers and 85 crew members, more than 2,000 people were stuffed onto the boat. That's because the government was paying per head for troops that made the trip. Each enlisted man was worth $5, and each officer was worth $10. The more people on board, the more money Army officials and the captain, J. Cass Mason, would get. As the Sultana went north of the Mississippi, the boat's large load and the river's fast current caused by melted snow made the boilers work overtime. On April 26th, the boat docked at Memphis to get more coal. And between midnight and 1 a.m. the next day, the Sultana left the port. At 2 in the morning, when the boat was only several miles north of Memphis, the shoddily repaired boiler blew up. Soon, two of the other three boilers also exploded. Soldiers from Kentucky and Tennessee were some of the first to die because they were so close to the boilers. The Sultana burst into flames, and the destruction continued from there. The boat's twin smokestacks gave way, killing people. As the fire spread, people jumped into the river. A lot of the people who did jump could not swim or were too weak to do so, and they died in the water. Many died of hypothermia. Many people who survived the fire died later from their burns. After a survivor reached Memphis and alerted sentries to the disaster, 
Rescue vessels were sent to the scene. The steamer Bostonia II got to the Sultana around 3 a.m., and more vessels showed up after that. Some of the people on the Sultana managed to survive, but the death toll is estimated at about 1,800 people. Military commissions were formed to investigate the disaster, and it was found that the faulty boilers and overcrowding were the main causes of the explosion. Rumors popped up that the explosion was sabotage due to a bomb or so-called coal torpedo, an iron casting filled with explosives and covered in coal dust. But these stories are not verifiable. Captain Mason died in the disaster, but Captain Frederick Speed was charged with putting too many troops on the boat at Vicksburg and found guilty of neglect, though that verdict was later overturned. Ultimately, no one was held responsible for the catastrophe. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to learn more about the Sultana explosion, listen to the episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called The SS Sultana. If there are any upcoming days in history that you'd really like me to cover on the show, give us a shout on social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. We'll be back with more history tomorrow. Hi everyone, I'm Eves and welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast where we tear a page out of the book of history every day. The day was April 27, 1882. Writer Jesse Redmond Fossett was born in Camden, New Jersey. Fossett was the literary editor of the journal The Crisis and an important figure in the Harlem Renaissance. Jessie was the seventh child born to Redmond and Annie Fossett. Her mother died soon after she was born. Her father then moved to Philadelphia and married Bella Huff, who had three of her own children. Together, Redmond and Bella had three more children. Jessie graduated with honors from Philadelphia High School for Girls. Jessie got a scholarship to Cornell University, where she majored in classical languages. She graduated from the university in 1905. Because she was Black, the city of Philadelphia would not hire her to teach in the public school system. So she taught at Douglas High School in Baltimore for a year. Then she moved to Washington, D.C. to teach French and Latin at a high school for 14 years. Fossette began to write for the NAACP's magazine, The Crisis, in 1912. The NAACP, or the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, is a civil rights organization that was formed in 1909. In 1910, the crisis was founded, with W.E.B. Du Bois as the editor and co-founder. Fossette published several short stories, poems, articles, and book reviews in the crisis before she became literary editor of the journal in 1919. She moved to New York to take the position, and until 1926, she took over a lot of Du Bois's work at the crisis. During her time there, she lectured and traveled around the world. As literary editor, she brought a lot of writers who were just starting off in their careers to the spotlight. Some of those people were Langston Hughes, Anne Spencer, Jean Toomer, Claude McKay, and County Cullen. These writers became important figures in the Harlem Renaissance. 
and Fossette herself continued to write for the crisis. For instance, her essay, The Gift of Laughter, focused on Black actors and stereotyping. And from 1920 to 1921, she wrote hundreds of signed and unsigned stories, poems, and articles for a monthly magazine for Black children called The Brownies Book. Fossette also published several novels, inspired by the lack of fully formed depictions of Black life in fiction at the time. Her first was There is Confusion, published in 1924. Fossette's novels were known for their portrayals of middle-class Black life. Her second novel, Plum Bun, was published in 1928. Fossette left the crisis in 1926 and began teaching French at a high school in the Bronx. She married Herbert Harris in 1929. The couple later moved to New Jersey, where they lived until his death in 1958. Fossette then moved back to Philadelphia to live with her brother, where she lived until she died in 1961. Over the course of her life, she opened new pathways for Black literature and promoted more honest and realistic depictions of Black people. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us via social media at T-D-I-H-C podcast. You can also send us a note via email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.